This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. We got Cooper Cup here at number one. The Panthers, they, you know, they run some of the most zone coverage in the league. And finding that zone is Cup's specialty. Uh, that also helps. It also helps that Miles Hartfield and the Panthers have given up the fifth most fantasy points to slot wide receivers this year. Not that it matters for Cooper Cup, but figured I, you know, you already started him, but you know, you want to hear something about Cooper Cup sometimes. I get it. Uh, yeah. Stephon Diggs, he can go off this week against Kansas City in a shootout. The Chiefs have already given up the most fantasy points to perimeter wide receivers over the last four weeks. So obviously good for him. Also good for Gabe Davis, another yeah. guy that you have going up against me this week. This is gonna. Yeah. I'm just trying to make. I'm just trying to like build up the drama for this matchup this week, as you oh, can yeah. see. Uh, and, and you know, everyone's gonna want to know what happens. You know, oh, and, yeah. I have. You know, I want, we're headed for an uh, an ugly finish on my end. But we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, we have Justin Jefferson here at three. Xavier Howard. He did come back to a limited practice on Thursday. He ended up leaving. I think he left last week's game in the middle of the game with that groin. Um, but it's possible that he does play this week. You know, but he is dealing with that groin injury. Either way, Justin Jefferson's in your lineup. At four, we have Marquise Brown. He made a little bit of a jump here. Um, he got it done in a tough matchup against Philly last week, which showed me a lot, to be honest with you. Like, he was matched up with Darius Slay a ton, and the fact that he was able to do what he did last week, all right, Marquise Brown, you the man. Um, he's the overall fantasy wide receiver six right now. You got to assume he continues to get it done in, in what should be a high-scoring matchup uh, against Seattle. Yeah, and we, and we talked about, you know, Marquise Brown kind of being that that guy. <laughs> and we talked about at length, was it yesterday? I think it was yesterday or the day before. But um, Marquise Brown, definitely, you know, a start. I have him in probably as a top five, too, especially with a bunch of guys out on by. You know, Amon St. Brown's out on by. Devontae Adams mm-hmm. out on by. You know, that might be – it might seem like he's a little bit high this week, but that's because, you know, there's a bunch of guys ahead of him that are out. I, I like Marquise Brown against Seattle. We've talked about this matchup and how it has a chance to produce a bunch of points on yesterday's episode. Um, this one's pretty easy for me. You know, the target share that he's getting and the production that he's putting up, and like you said, against quality competition and guys like Darius Slay and even James Bradbury a little bit, I think that, mm-hmm. you know, Marquise Brown, he, he's definitely someone to watch. And, you know, you're very happy if you drafted him because he's returning on investment big time. I wouldn't be too worried either, it's worth noting, um, about DeAndre Hopkins coming back. You know, he's going to be no. a big part of this offense regardless of who's lined up opposite him in, in, on the, at the line of scrimmage. I saw a really interesting take uh, from Adam Levitan uh, and Evan Silva on, you know, they're on the Established to Run podcast and, and they run that whole show there. They're great, by the way. Um, definitely recommend their podcast. Um, they mentioned that, you know, like this might be a good time to sell DeAndre Hopkins. 
Like even though yeah. that you've been holding him this entire time, there's a lot of anticipation, for, you know, for his return. And when people need a wide receiver, they assume that they're going to get like this high end wide receiver one or something like that. You know, when mm -hmm. he does return. And it's like, all right, well, why not take advantage of that anticipation uh, and maybe get some more value than you would have uh, rather than just playing DeAndre Hopkins? Because it's very possible that Hopkins is just like a wide receiver too, right? And, yeah. um, you know, especially with Marquise Brown there. And, like, is there a chance that Marquise Brown ends up out-targeting DeAndre Hopkins in some games? I think there's a chance. You know, right. and when you look 100%. at it at the end of the season – Look at the end when you when you fast forward to the end of the season and you look at the numbers and you're like, oh, Hollywood Brown had a higher target share than DeAndre Hopkins this year when they played together. Like, I wouldn't be surprised with that either because DeAndre Hopkins was not a high target share player last year. Yeah. Right. So, you know, something to think about. Something to think about. It's a very interesting points made by those guys. Um, yeah. Of course, you know, at this point, it's speculation. You know, we're still waiting on Hopkins to return, but I think it's hard to say that you know, DeAndre Hopkins coming back after missing the first six games is going to, you know, just immediately supplant Marquise Brown as wide receiver one. I wouldn't be surprised, you know, if Marquise Brown continues to have, you know, the wide receiver one share of the work um, for a few weeks. And I wouldn't be surprised, like you said, if it kind of continues throughout the rest of the season. Um, I'm not saying that DeAndre Hopkins is going to be relegated to, you know, an ins yeah. insignificant role, but I think both of them are good enough. I think Marquise Brown has shown enough and that he's good enough um, not that there were questions about it before, that he's going to be a part of any offense and that he's capable of being the wide receiver one on an offense, even with DeAndre Hopkins, you know, there. Yeah, and he's done it on two teams at this point. You know, he's proved that yeah. to be the number one on ba in Baltimore, and he's doing it here too. Mike Evans at number five, uh, he's going up against a Pittsburgh defense, giving up the most fantasy points to wide receivers, the second most to perimeter wide receivers. And the Bills showed us what's possible last week. Uh, but it was happening before they went to Buffalo, to be honest with you. Like Jamar Chase, yeah. Nelson Aguilar, Nelson Aguilar, okay? Yeah. <laughs> Jacoby Myers, Amari Cooper, Corey Davis. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like all these guys had big games against the Steelers. So Mike Evans is going to blow it up this week. Yeah, absolutely. And this is one of the easiest starts of the week. It's not it's not like someone's like, oh, yeah, this one's a slam dunk start. Um, you're pretty much putting Mike Evans in your lineup every week. It's not like you're going to have a question about that. But this one, you know, it just screams perfect fantasy situation. I mean, Tom Brady's going to tear up the Pittsburgh secondary, just like every other quarterback has. If Zach Wilson can do it and no no shade at Zach Wilson, if Zach Wilson could do it. Imagine what Tom Brady's going to do with Mike Evans and even Chris Godwin. Yeah, man. I mean, you would never, you could never throw shade at Zach Wilson, man. Like, we, we got to get some memes up with you and Zach Wilson, dude. We got to do, we got to, somebody do something, please. Like, you know, if you listen to this, if you watch this on YouTube, please, like, let's get Zach and Zach Wilson. Let's get like some sort of meme going with these two faces let's, somewhere, somehow. Like, I'm not good at this stuff, but like, I know, I know someone will. Let, let's get Zach Wilson on the show. How about that? The podcast. That works too. That works too. Yeah, but, uh, but like I'm just curious if someone puts Zach like this Zach Zach Rizzuto in like on Zach Wilson's body like with the Jets uniform, will anyone can anyone tell the difference? Like I just I really want to know. Are you saying I look like Zach Wilson? I don't see it at all. Yes, you definitely nah. look like Zach Wilson. All right, we got to put up like a poll <laughs> on your Instagram story or something. We will we'll, we'll do it. We'll do it. <laughs> First of all, uh, someone needs to do this. Just send me, a, you know, a, a, like a like a picture of Zach on Zach Wilson's uniform body. And then we'll just post, be like, hey, can you guys tell a difference? 
Yes or no? All right. Anyway, <laughs> moving on. I, I'm not. I don't think you're a big fan of that topic. Uh, no, I don't <laughs> care. You know, it's fine. I don't, I just personally don't see it. But that's that's just me. That would be hilarious. It would be hilarious if people are just like, yeah, he looks exactly like him. You're like, what the hell? Yeah. Um, <laughs> let's see. I got Tyreek Hill at six here. Um, he's dealing with a foot injury, but he should play. Uh, we'll see who ends up playing quarterback for them this week. Uh, but either way, I think you know. Hill can get it done with any quarterback. He got it done with Alex Smith, for God's sakes. Um, yeah. But I'm not overthinking it when it comes to whether he's in my lineup or not. You know, we saw that he was able to be just fine with Teddy. You know, the hope is that Teddy can progress. That might be wishful thinking at this point. But either way, he'll be in your lineup. Um, Hill is followed by A.J. Brown, C.D. Lamb at number eight. CD should avoid Darius Slay on most of his routes, uh, given that he's been running out of the slot a ton since Michael Gallup has been back. Um, and Slay has only like a handful, less than a handful of snaps defending the slot this year. He's going to stay on the perimeter. So he's going to be, uh, CD Lamb is going to be able to run a ton of routes, uh, not in, in, um, Darius Slay's coverage. So that spells, that sounds like, uh, that he can have a pretty good game this year. Yeah. I feel like it has this week, to I mean, be. I'm sorry. Yeah. This, this week. Year. Sorry. Yeah. This, this, year. this, this, this year too. This year too. I mean, he is yeah, yeah, yeah. leading the NFL with 34% target share and 82% weighted opportunity. He's number one in the NFL. So, Hey, pretty good this year yeah. as well. Definitely. <laughs> well, you know, CD Lamb, you know, a lot of people are going to point at the Cowboys and be like, well, they're running the ball a lot. And it's true that they are. They did that a lot uh, last week against the Rams, but that's mainly because they didn't have to do any, really offensive production at all they went up from literally the third play they got a defensive touchdown and they just sat back and let the defense do their thing ran the ball and shoot the clock the clock out the rest of the game we've seen cooper rush he can throw the ball and when he does throw the ball he targets cd lamb a lot even with um you know the cowboys being run heavy last week cd lamb still got uh, a pretty decent amount of targets so i think this this one's gonna be a little bit closer there's gonna be a little bit more scoring done i think dallas got to rely on its offense a little bit more because Dallas' defense is good, but the Eagles' offense is also very good. So I, I like seven and eight, A.J. Brown and C.D. Lamb back-to-back, um, you know, rankings-wise, and also just because they're, they're, you know, they're right next to each other. It's the matchup. But um, I, I don't think there's any reason to, to think that C.D. Lamb can't have a good game here. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he got double-digit targets again, um, especially if Dallas has to keep up and yeah. they would happen to get down. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, Philly is favored in this game and, you know, Dallas can be at it. Like last year, last week, they didn't have to run any pass plays at all. Right. Like they yeah. basically, they, they had played very good defense against an inferior team um, and then just ran the ball. That's all they had to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cooper Rush didn't have to run a whole lot. I'm, I'm sorry, have to pass a whole lot. But CD Lamb still ended up with a, I think he ended up with a 30 plus target share, if I'm not mistaken, even last week. Yeah, granted that yeah, was you know it might be it might look a little inflated because he only threw 16 passes i think exactly. it was so exactly. it might seem a little bit inflated but still when the ball is coming out it's going cd lamb's way it's worth noting Tyle lockett is at number nine here i have dk at 10 uh lockett is the overall fantasy wide receiver eight right now okay he's balling um especially over the last three weeks you got to play him as a wide receiver one right now meaning he has to be in your lineup um the number two wide receivers have been doing their thing against arizona this year and this over under this week is set at 15 and a half so he did pop up on the injury report with a hamstring um and was limited on thursday so keep an eye on that uh and his practice status today like hopefully he didn't tweak something in practice because that would suck um but it's possible that maybe he just had a little bit of rest who knows but keep an eye on his fighter practice status for sure. Yeah, and uh, I have a question for you. 
if Tyler Lockett doesn't go, how much of a boost does DK Metcalf get? I think it becomes a little tougher for DK Metcalf, to be honest with you. Like, you know, it, it, oh, he's it, going we've down. Seen, we, we've seen this. I don't know if he's going down. Like, I'll leave him here. Um, mm-hmm. I'll probably bump him up to number nine. But, you know, it, it's like it, it's tough because in one situation, you're like, oh, he's going to get all the targets. And then in, in, in another situation, you're like, well, that just means that just makes things easier for Arizona to be able to double him on more yeah. plays. You know, when you have Tal Lockett on the other side, you know, the defense has to pick their poison. And Geno Smith has been finding the open guy, right? You know, over yeah. the past several weeks. So, you know, now if, if Arizona, Arizona has already been good at taking away the number one wide receiver. So if Tyler Lockett is not on the field, then that might not be a great game for DK Metcalf. He's still going to be in my lineup, but, yeah. you know, I'm not overly optimistic for him to just blow up. Yeah. Just ask AJ Brown last week how things exactly. went. <laughs> exactly. And, and who ended up doing, doing well? Devontae Smith. Yeah. Right. Devonta Smith had ten targets in that and game. Dallas Goddard, you know. So yes, exactly. If if you're, if you're looking at you know tight ends, they they allowed a lot of points to tight ends. Maybe Will Disley becomes somebody you want to start. Um, I don't think go. he's a top, I don't think he's a top ten tight end this week. But you know, in a pinch, that's if Tyler Lockett's out. I think. But um, right. obviously that changes with Tyler Lockett playing. But this is all just speculative. If anything would happen with Tyler Lockett, hopefully he plays. And plus, like you know, anybody catching the ball from Geno Smith, you know, you know, you want him in your lineup. Yeah, <laughs> and who would have thought we'd be saying that? You know, not 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 only are we saying that this season, but we're saying it this far into the season. We're heading into week six, and Geno Smith is looking like one of the premier um, quarterbacks as of so far um, this season. I like it's one thing if you're coming out, you're saying after week one, oh yeah, man, Geno Smith looked good. Maybe there's something there. No, this has been six weeks. He's looking pretty good, pretty unbelievable, if you ask me. Yeah, man. All right, let's move on to number eleven here, Jamar Chase. Uh, potential shadow situation here with Marshawn Lattimore. Um, but the Saints haven't been amazing uh, defending perimeter wide receivers anyway. They've given up the fifth most fantasy points to perimeter wide receivers this year, and we saw what Seattle was able to do against them last week. So let's hope that Jamar can get to his ways this week. Uh, T. Higgins is banged up still. He hasn't practiced yet. Um, I have him somewhere. I have, it looks like I have him outside the top 20, and that's because of the injury. Right. Yeah. Last week, it seems like T. Higgins uh, did end up um, aggravating that ankle injury, which is why he only played a handful of snaps. So that sucked because a lot of people had him in the lineups and was depending yeah. and, and were depending on him to play and put up some points. Um, but either way, Jamar Chase, you know, he, I have him all the way down to 11 now, man. This is the lowest he's been all season long. He hasn't been on this second page all, all season long. But at this point, right. you know, he hasn't this offense hasn't been clicking and he hasn't been putting up these big fantasy days. Um He's had a solid floor, but we thought the floor was going to be a lot higher. Well, the thing about Jamar Chase is that the underlying usage is still there. You know, it's not like it's Definitely. going away. They're throwing him the ball. He's just been not as efficient, you know, as he was last season or as explosive, maybe. Um, that could be due to a variety of things. You know, I mean, T. Higgins wasn't there last week or hardly there last week, and he still didn't, you know, have a fantastic game. I'm looking at his yards per catch has gone way down from last season to this season, and and then we've talked about how the Bengals offense just does not look the same as it did last season. Um, they're obviously in a bit of a slump right now, sitting at two and three. Um, that could easily turn around. This is still the same team, you know, on paper that we saw last season with arguably a better offensive line, but that hasn't necessarily been the case. Um, we talked about by low this week, you know, Jamar Chase, I feel like is a guy that you can go for. I mean, I agree. He, I mean, he's, he's still, he's still getting 28% target share on the season. 35% air yards on the season. 
um, is still yeah, looking. The, the underlying metrics are still looking good. Yeah, and it's not even you don't have to look far. Like just look at his targets. You know how they give you those stats in Sleeper, that big block that shows all the numbers right there. Like he's only had one game with six targets. Every every other game he's had nine plus. He had, he topped out at sixteen in week one, and that's when he went off against Pittsburgh. Um, I I don't see how. You know, it doesn't really make sense how he's producing, underproducing so badly. I think this is going to even out. The and we talk about it all the time, or at least I talk about it all the time. Underlying usage will eventually translate project production. It's got to happen at some point. He's had with three straight twelve point performances. If if I'm yeah, right. you know what I mean. You know, you think about it and how he produced last year, right? And it was really a lot of over the top stuff, yeah. right? And you know, have we seen him? be a guy to be a volume monster on the intermediate routes not really you know yeah. not yet you know so that's something that you know we haven't seen yet from jamar chase and that's something that uh you know I, I would love to see more of in his game because you know these a lot of these teams are playing you know two two you know shell coverage they're playing too high and if they're doing that then you know they're kind of taking away that 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 deep bomb right and we haven't seen much of that this year like that's all we were seeing last year uh, right. between between these two guys, right? Between Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase. So we haven't seen it much this year. Uh, hopefully we end up seeing it at some point, but they got to figure it out. They got to be more creative. They got to put Jamar Chase in the slot a little bit. They got to move him around. They got to do more with Jamar Chase. And honestly, any sort of underproduction from Jamar Chase is you got to put that squarely on their head coach, Zach Taylor's uh, hands. You know, he has to come up with something to scheme him up. Yeah, yeah. bottom line. Anyway. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Moving on, Cortland Sutton. Another guy with a bad head coach. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. But, I mean, honestly, they've schemed Cortland Sutton up better than Jamar Chase, honestly. Like, if I'm looking at it, like, they've schemed him up way better. Um, and he's been extremely consistent this year. He hasn't yeah. let you down once. He's at 12 here in my rankings, and he also happens to be the wide receiver 12 on the year. Hmm. So some, we, we must be doing something right. <laughs> you know, um, I, I like Cortland Sutton definitely 100%. The way that he's been playing, he hasn't left yet, he hasn't left you out to dry at all this whole season, like you said. Um, I think he, he has a pretty good matchup against the Chargers. It is prime time, and we've seen that the Broncos have kind of struggled a little bit, you know, and by a little bit, yep. we mean a lot. But the offense hasn't looked the same. But the one constant, you know, is Russell Wilson continues to look for Cortland Sutton. If you watch the game, was it, I think it was against the Colts, he was Russell Wilson, they might not necessarily go down his targets. Um, a couple uh, plays where he was targeting Cortland Sutton, if I remember, were called back by penalty. And then a couple of them he was just like super errant on, which I don't even know yep. if it registers as a target when he's super errant. But he's throwing deep. He's throwing often to Cortland Sutton. There's all the kinds of all kinds of underlying usage that we'd like to see for Cortland Sutton. We just need to see the production get there. Um, I, I like I like Cortland Sutton. I've liked him this whole season. I know a bunch of people in the fantasy community were hoping for a little bit better from him, but at least he's not you know a dud for you week in and week out like other receivers. He might not be reaching his ceiling, but he's definitely not screwing your team over on a weekly basis. He hasn't reached a ceiling yet, which is a good thing, honestly. I mean, yeah. this offense looked like com- looks like complete crap over the first several <laughs> weeks of the season, and he's still producing. 
which is great. Right. That's what you want to see because he's a good he's a good player. Um, Definitely. We, we have we have Debo here at thirteen, Jalen Waddle at fourteen. Uh, good matchup for him, but we're just hoping that you know the quarterback can find them. Um, yeah. Chris Olave here at fifteen, assuming that he can clear concussion protocol. Amari, Amari Cooper at sixteen, followed by Christian Kirk. The Jags already went up against Indy. And Kirk came through, catching all six of his targets for 78 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, yeah. Indy has been relatively stout against the wide receivers. Um, you know, only a couple wide receivers were able to do this thing, Christian Kirk being one of them, uh, Cortland Sutton being another. Uh, but we'll see if we can do it again. Yeah, I, I think Christian Kirk has it in him. It's uh, For me, it's not a question about Christian Kirk. It's a question about Trevor Lawrence, and I've talked about this at length many times. Trevor Lawrence looked much better in – week two than he has in these past few weeks since that week two performance he's really kind of just fallen off a cliff um with his turnover making he's, he's causing a lot of turnovers himself and that's really hurting the jags offense as a whole um maybe they can get right back on the horse you know uh start throwing a christian kirk again like they did against indianapolis and have a good game again to get back on track um i wouldn't put it past him you know that they the jaguars defense was able to fluster matt ryan a little bit um in that week two matchup which resulted in more opportunities for the jaguars offense to get back on the field um this is this seems like an optimal spot for a get right game yeah i mean you know last week the texans really switched things up defensively against the jaguars uh which probably confused the shit out of trevor lawrence and his preparation because coming into that game they were playing zone the colts were playing zone uh, i'm sorry the texans were playing zone a 40 percent of plays uh the three weeks prior to that game and then they went almost 100 zone last week against trevor lawrence so you know the like he probably was like yo what is this right this is not what i prepared for all week you're preparing for one thing right and for them to play a certain way and then all of a sudden the Colts were like i mean the texans were like nope this is how we're gonna play and then you know he got flustered and it made sense you know he didn't look good at all he looked confused out there um so they really kind of switched things up on him and that's probably why he didn't have a good game um but you know the colts you know, they're a little bit more consistent. So hopefully this in terms of like what they've been playing every single week in terms of zone. Uh, so hopefully this week he can bounce back. Uh, but, you know, still a tough matchup overall for wide receivers so far. Yeah, definitely. And before moving on, we, yeah, go ahead. We move on. Ahead. You know, you, you kind of we kind of just glossed over Jalen Waddle, Chris Olave, Amari Cooper. Amari Cooper, yes, yes. just a stat that I saw and that's notable to me. Um, it's kind of an issue that's followed Amari Cooper around anywhere he's gone. Um, at home, he averages 22 points a game. Away, he averaged three points a game. Um, he has a tough matchup in New England coming in. Um, I'm interested to see how that plays out because he is at home, and obviously there's not too much weight carried with that statistic, but it is, like I said, worth noting. Um, that's been the one way we could kind of explain his up-and-down production. I, I think that Amari Cooper is a good start this week. I just, you know, I would temper expectations a little bit um, with New England coming to town. That's just one thing. I mean, maybe he has to feel all warm and fuzzy inside in order for him to play well. You know, maybe that's yeah. what it is. Like he has to like be able to like smell like home home cooked meal or something like that. Like he has to, you know, <laughs> see Brownie you know, the Elf kiss. at midfield. <laughs> he has to give a hug and kiss to his loved ones, you know, like before the game and stuff. And if they're not there, maybe he just doesn't feel as good. Um, right. But you know, last week Josh Reynolds six for ninety two, right? Um, mm-hmm. The week before Romeo Dells five for forty seven, then the touchdown Alex team. Um, you know, there so you know, there's a chance that he can do his thing. Deontay Johnson with Mitch Trubisky, six for 57, uh, which yeah. you know, for a regular receiver and quarterback would have been, you know, nine for 148, 
right? Um, yeah. So I, I kind of feel like, you know, he'll be fine this week. But like you said, you know, he needs to feel all warm and fuzzy inside. So it's very possible that he doesn't end up doing his thing. Uh, right. But I'm still starting him. He's in my lineup. Definitely. Devontae Smith, you know, in the top 20 at number 18, he runs more than 70% of his routes away from Trevon Diggs' side. So I think he will benefit from a ton of targets in this game, similar to what happened last week, and we just talked about that. And those two spots where he lines up from on most of his routes, which is the right perimeter and the slot, uh, those two spots happen to be very vulnerable to fantasy points this season uh, from the Cowboys. So Trevon Diggs' side, he basically locks that up, right? And then everywhere else, not so great. Yeah, no, I hear you. That, that, that's true. And Devontae Smith, like I said, I talked about this a little bit and was it a couple episodes ago? Um, Devontae Smith has kind of been like a surprise favorite target for Jalen Hurts. You know, the first season that they really played together the whole season was last season, 2021, and he didn't really jump off the stat sheet anytime he wasn't much of a fantasy asset. But this year with A.J. Brown, you know, maybe drawing some coverage, he's been able to take advantage of the matchups that he's been getting. And, you know, he looks really good. And I said, he's been able to play in ways that we didn't really anticipate him to be able to play. Um, watching him moss guys was really weird, you know, being six foot 170. Um, I took him as a route runner with a little bit of speed. He can, he's looks like the whole package for the Eagles, a very good receiver guaranteed. Um, I think that this week, you know, he he's in for a pretty good game again, because AJ Brown's probably, like you said, I'm not sure if Trayvon Diggs is going to shadow him, but he's going to see majority of snaps against him. And um, outside yeah. of the one big play, and that's been Trayvon Diggs's, you know, kryptonite. Outside of the one big play last week, you know, Cooper Cup was relatively quiet. He caught a couple passes, but um, if you take away that production, he would have been, I think, outside the top 12. It's possible, yeah. And, and you know, looking at Chris Godwin, number 19, I mentioned this with Mike Evans. This is a great matchup for Tampa wide receivers. So Chris Godwin, very solid play. Now, he's had relatively modest games since his return. Um, but I yeah. feel like he's going to continue continually improve, um, you know, get hit the feet under him, you know, coming off the hamstring injury, but also coming off that ACL, right? Um, yeah. Tampa has allowed, oh, I'm sorry, not Tampa, Pittsburgh has allowed the fourth most fantasy points to slot wide receivers this year. So, you know, Chris Godwin has another chance to, to pop off and have, have his breakout, you know, 2022 game. Yeah, and this is a spot to have it, like we said about Mike Evans earlier, and I kind of alluded to Chris Godwin. You know, with Tom Brady at quarterback, you're going to be just fine, but this is a matchup that is, you know, good for everybody on the Buccaneers offense. I, I look more for the passing game players to be involved, um, you know, have better games outings this week than the guys like Leonard Fournette, Rashad White. But, um, yeah, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin. I think Chris Godwin, if he could get his hands on a touchdown grab, uh, he, he'll be a really nice start for you this week. I wouldn't be surprised if he comes through with like a solid – you think it happens? He gets in the end zone. Uh, if eight, if he goes like eight for eighty and a touchdown, I think that would be nice to see. I think that's well within his range of outcomes, for sure. Um, and that's what we're looking for. Um, yeah. You know, honestly, if he if he had if he caught a touchdown in either of the last two games, he would have been probably like a top fifteen finish. You know. Yeah. I have Keenan Allen here at twenty. Um, he's back in practice. He's getting in limited sessions. Unfortunately, I have a feeling that he'll be a game day decision. And the Chargers play Denver on Monday night. So number one is a tough matchup, right? But it's Keenan Allen. Um, yeah. I, I know, I know. If I know that he's going to be playing, I'm going to have him in my lineup. Um, but you know, him playing on Monday night obviously complicates things. So I know I'm going to get a whole lot of questions between now and Sunday, saying like, "Hey, should I wait on Keenan Allen or should I play this guy?" I would say, like, if we have no information on Keenan, unless Keenan Allen gets a full practice today on Friday, which I doubt he will. 
Um, mm. Saturday also, remember, this is a Monday night game. So instead of looking at Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, you know, look at Thursday, Friday, and Saturday for the practices. Um, yeah. So if he gets a full in, you you kind of have some fairly good confidence that he's going to play. So I would wait on it. Um, if he continues to get limiteds in and they're going to call him a game time decision and you're truly not going to find out on Monday, if you have a good option on Sunday, like I'd probably just play the good option, you know, because yeah. is it possible that he plays a limited snap count? Probably. Is it possible that he comes in and aggravates? Possibly. Is it possible that he just doesn't play? <laughs> yeah. Like, so there's a couple, you know, scenarios here where like, you know, can he come out and have a great game? Sure. But this is a tough, tough defense too. So it's like, you have a few reasons that you, you have a few reasons here to say like, all right, you know what? I have a good option here in, I don't know, like, I don't know, pick a guy, um, you know, good, you option. good option. How about, would like a brand now you qualify for that? No, no, <laughs> I don't think so. That's the thing. I, that's, like good, a, that's where I was drawing the line. I was going to say like, for yeah. example, you know, if you have I have like Brown, Isaiah McKenzie, Isaiah yeah. McKenzie, you know, these type of guys, like I would just play those guys, you know, over Keenan Allen, but maybe Isaiah McKenzie is too good of an option. Maybe. Um, I don't know. Um, yeah. Rondell Moore, guys like that. Like I would play over Keenan Allen if, if I d- didn't know that he was going to be playing. If you had to, I don't want to say bet, but what's your gut feeling with Keenan Allen? You think he's going to play? I think he's going to play. Yeah, I think he's going to play. I he think he's going to play yesterday. too. Yeah, yeah. I think but, he's going to play. I think I would end up giving my vote of confidence to Keenan Allen that he's going to play and leave him in. You know, I, I mean, unless you really have a standout play behind him, you know, I, I think I'm leaving Keenan Allen in. Okay. Okay, cool. So yeah, so let's hope that he plays this week. Um, I know I've been waiting for him for the longest. Yeah, in a right. couple weeks. Well, uh, but we'll see. We'll see how it goes. I had Curtis Samuel at twenty-one. Uh, that didn't work out so great. I mean, I, I mean, he's not a he's not top fifteen, but still, like you know, we talked about it already. I don't want to talk about it anymore. Yeah. Mike Williams <laughs> at twenty-two. Uh, who are you playing this week? You playing Mike Williams or Keenan Allen? Obviously, you probably don't have both, but. If you had to rank yeah. one above the other, would you have Michael Williams ahead of Keenan Allen this week? No, I'd put I'd put Keenan Allen ahead of him because okay. when Keenan yeah. Allen's on the field, we see Mike Williams kind of do the disappearing act. He doesn't, you know, catch many passes. You know, if he does catch a pass, um, it's probably a deep pass. Uh, he turns into almost like the guy beneath that we have ranked beneath him, like a Gabe Davis. I think. When oh, I was thinking have, the same thing. When you have Keenan Allen on the field, I have Gabe Davis at twenty three here. I have him ahead of Michael Pittman, one spot ahead of Michael Pittman. Pittman's matchup isn't amazing. The Jaguars have defended wide receivers pretty well. And Pittman can still get it done, and he'll be in my lineup. But Gabe Davis against Kansas City, you know, it's just tough not to have him in the lineup, especially after last week. Kansas City has given up the most fantasy points to wide receivers over the last four weeks, and this is going to be a shootout. And this is Josh Allen here, right? So they already have been given up the most fantasy points to 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 wide receivers over the last four weeks. Now you got Josh Allen coming in. You got Stephon Diggs and Gabe Davis and Isaiah McKenzie. All these guys coming in. Now yeah. it, you know it's a situation where like, you know, Gabe Davis just went off last week. Mm. And you probably want to put him in your lineup this week. Yeah, definitely. And you have to remember Gabe Davis is now revisiting the team that put him on the fantasy map for the season. The team that he owes probably most of his fantasy notoriety to uh for this season. And he, you know, he capitalized on it last week, but this is you know, the Chiefs and the and the Bills, like I said, the matchup everyone had circled on their calendar going into the season. Um, it's hard to envision Gabe Davis not getting at least a few looks. I think his volume might be a little bit um, more pronounced this week than in other weeks, just because I don't think this is going to be a, you know, a, a tough game 
to get through offensively. I think they're going to be throwing the ball. And it's going to be high scoring, like you said. Um, it's This is like that territory where it's just like start everybody. You have the matchup that works. It's just that's what you do. Gabe Davis, even though he is a bit of a home run hitter, he could be a little bit inconsistent. You know, the upside in this one is massive, as we saw um, in the playoffs last season and last week. Um, he's always liable to have that type of game. And that's why I have trouble keeping out of my lineup, even after a bunch of down weeks. For sure. Uh, so we have Michael Pittman at 24, T. Higgins at 25. And again, I have him this low because he's dealing with an ankle injury. Apparently he aggravated it last week in that game, and he's yet to yeah. practice this week. So just keep an eye on him and his practice status on Friday. Uh, if he does play, like I probably will play him Like after I saw what the Seahawks were able to do against New Orleans. So he'll yeah. probably be in my lineup. And you know, him being at 25 only has to do with the fact that he's a little bit banged up right now. Otherwise, he'll probably be in the teens somewhere. Yeah. Um, let's see. I had McLaurin at 26, Deontay Johnson at 27. He runs most of his routes uh, against Jamel. He's going to run most of his routes against Jamel Dean on the left side, but he does move around a bit. Uh, and everywhere else, the Bucks have seen have seen seem to be pretty vulnerable um, to fantasy points. So there's a chance that he does have a good game. I assume that he's going to get his targets, four double-digit targets in five games this year. Um, you know, I think that it's possible that he does end up having a good game with with Kenny Pickett, even though this might seem like a tough matchup on paper. Yeah, and you know the Bucks defense. You know they had the I forget who they played against where they got the score run up on them. They got beat bad. Who was it? I forget. But the Bucks defense doesn't look like it did the first few weeks of the season. Um, needless to say, so I think that this is even though it's a tough matchup, it's an upgraded Chiefs. matchup. The Chiefs. Yeah. Okay, that's what it's the Chiefs. Who else but the Chiefs? But um, of course. So the Chiefs hung was forty one on them. Now it's coming mm-hmm. back to me. But um, you know this isn't the Bills defense. In Buffalo, this is now a step down in defensive production, I think. Um, a, a better matchup for Kenny Pickett and Deontay Johnson, um, and this time at home. Uh, I think Deontay Johnson has a chance to you know, reestablish himself as a solid fantasy wide receiver after a couple of down weeks this week, even though you know it might be a little bit of catch-up. They might be playing a little bit of catch-up again with the Bucs. I think this is a better matchup for him, though. Jacoby Myers made his way into the top 30 at number 28 this week after what he was able to do in his couple of healthy games this year. Uh, very encouraging that he was able to do what he did with Bailey Zapp last week. So, you know, I oh, think yeah. you can continue to start him. I have DJ Moore here at 29. Uh, this is higher than I would have ranked him uh, if if Baker, Baker Mayfield, Mayfield was still under center. But P.J. Walker is going to be out there this week, and he has received a 24% target share from P.J. Walker uh, when they've been on the field together. So let's hope that happens this week. Uh, Moore does run most of his perimeter routes on the left side, and that's where the Rams have been the most vulnerable this year. Uh, so maybe he has a good game this week. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. You know, you can only cross your fingers and hope for the best. Um, <laughs> what, what were we saying? Like the, what were we saying yesterday uh, with these players? Like, I hope he scores. Yeah, you said. Um, I forgot. We said about someone. I, th- I think it was Jeff like, Wilson. Yeah, Jeff Wilson. I hope he scores. It's like you could say that about every single player. Oh, um, what's his name? <laughs> Stephon oh. Diggs. I hope he scores. Uh, Chris <laughs> McCaffrey. I hope he scores. Yeah, yeah, you can say that about anybody. But th- nobody more. Nobody needs to have a score to really just lighten things up for their owners uh fantasy managers and dj Moore. you know that's what it's been this whole season it's just been sad you see the talent i I don't know if you saw the one post someone said that dj Moore needs to hold out at this point because (laughs) he's just getting terrible qb play and it's really just uh, it's like throwing his whole 
career under the bus right now. It's terrible. And then going back, like you said about Jacoby Myers, um, he's actually averaging, I think, 17 points a game when he's on the field. So just a little nugget there. Uh, he's actually very good uh, so far this season. And like you said, with Mac Jones and Bailey Zappi at quarterback. So regardless of who's starting there, it'll be fine. I have Drake London here at 30, uh, and I'm just praying, honestly. Like, it's not a great matchup for him, uh, yeah. but his worst his worst opponent is his head coach. 